Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for jobs powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. (laughs) Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, Stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Happy Monday. This is your favorite podcast, the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. Joined as always by my partner in crime, Chad Sowash. And today we are giddy because UK is in the house. Peter Gold, aka Mr. ATS, is here. Peter. Hey Joe. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. Thank you very much. So uh, beyond Mr. ATS, you've been you've been around quite a while. I know a lot of our listeners will probably know you anyway, but for those who don't, who are you? Who am I? Good question. Mr. ATS. Well, I me mean, doesn't that say everything? I kind of look at says the so much and yet nothing. <laughs> it, I've been in this world for longer than I care to think. And twenty odd years built an ATS many years ago. Tried to fix many many times and um, still doing it really. Okay, so Mr. ATS, right out of the gate. Joel loves talking about branding. So let's let's kick this one right in the nuts, right out of the gate. Mr. ATS. Did you do that on purpose to make fun of the industry or did you do that because you embrace and love the ATS so much? Got to be some good British tongue in cheek, right? (laughs) Well, obviously being a thought leader in the world, (laughs) what you you wanted the serious answer, didn't you? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I didn't think you were being serious. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> Obviously, being the thought leader in all things ATS, what else could I call myself? I couldn't call myself Mr. Applicant Tracking System or Mr. E-Recruitment System because that's too many words in a, a URL. And um, so I just thought, yeah, that's it. Mr. ATS, it's got to be the only answer. It was Mr. LinkedIn. I thought, well, Mr. LinkedIn, he is Mr. LinkedIn. So I thought, well, I must be Mr. ATS. Okay. 
<laughs> How offended were you when Chad called you Mr. VHS? Better than when he called me M-Rats. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was not nice. I'll that give was, you that. So let, let's talk a little bit about a uh, kicking of the proverbial beehive in the last little short that you did on uh, mrats.co.uk. Uh, called Let Them Eat AI, where you pretty much kick AI in the nuts. So it's almost like the difference between horse and buggy and spaceship, right? It's it's like it's like something that is so crazy out there, like AI, which you know, I there are many discussions and and arguments around if AI is really in in recruitment in the first place. And then we talk about the ATS, which is literally a very small piece of the tech stacks that are around today. So why, why this dissension? Why, why are you hating within the ranks of uh, recruitment tech? The thing is with AI, as, as we know, it's not real yet. Um, although there are lots of different versions of AI, and some people will say, oh, this AI does exist, it's real. But the problem is people think that AI is going to solve all the problems. I mean, only this weekend I dared to comment on let the machine do the filtering of the CVs and automatically people go, AI won't fix it, AI will fix it. And I didn't even mention AI. And I think the, <laughs> my problem with all this bullshit around AI is it's not real and it's not actually going to solve the problems that recruiters have. And for me, the biggest problem is we are recruiting today the same way we were recruiting pretty much 20 years ago when I first built an ATS. Mm -hmm. And the world, as we know, has changed dramatically. So why the hell are we using an ATS badly with some fictional AI stuck on top to try and solve a problem that we're not even actually clear what the problem is anymore. Well, who cares what the label is, first and foremost? Uh, I mean, what, AI, RPA, ML, I mean, so many acronyms, who gives a fuck, right? Just as long as we understand what the solution provides. And I think the biggest issue that we're having today in our space is that we're talking about the tech as opposed to the solution and what it actually does. Now, RPA and wh whatever, right? Whatever that solution is, there are some great advantages to be able to provide efficiencies and scale for recruiters and hiring managers and everybody throughout the entire chain if it's implemented correctly. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think we use the technology we have today to do a better job. I mean, if you, if you look right. at Amazon, okay, Amazon. Mm -hmm. When was the last time you walked into an Amazon store and bought a book or bought a pair of trainers or sneakers, as you call them, or whatever it may be? Mm -hmm. You don't. You do it all online. Right. You go and you select what you want. You watch videos. You read user reviews. You pick your item. You add it to your basket. You pay for it. You track it, and it turns up. Yet, as recruiters, we don't let people apply for jobs in the same way they apply for um, – they, they buy things on Amazon. So as an example. If I've got a job, why don't I have a video of the manager where the manager introduces him or herself and says, I'm the manager. This is who you'll be working for. If you think I'm a bit of a dick, then you obviously won't apply for a job, but hopefully you won't think I'm a bit of a dick. And if you want to apply for the job and you actually think you meet my criteria or our criteria, this is the criteria, select the time for an interview and we'll interview you. And of course, everybody will listen and go, no, that won't work because you'll get too many idiots applying. Well, mm -hmm. you know, make it that they... If they apply, it's their cost or whatever it may be, but use the technology to do a better job to allow the candidates to actually make better decisions and make their own decisions. Because at the end of the day, so often managers or companies go, oh, that person's not right for us. 
right. based on what. But but this is a human problem, not a tech problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we don't need AI to do any of that. That using a bit of video technology, using some screening questions, allowing a candidate to select the time for an interview, I don't see much AI required there. And the problem is, because we have all these supposed problems of matching and finding skills and all that malarkey, we because we say, oh, humans can't do it because they're biased, we'll throw some AI on top. No, don't do that. Just fix what you're already doing. Fix the process to make it work rather than try and chuck AI on top that isn't real anyway to fix a problem that you created, you humans. You configured this problem, this shit process. You configured it. The machine didn't configure it itself. It didn't wake up one morning and go, hey, I'm going to change myself because I'm not bad enough. I can make myself worse. Peter, I want to I want to applaud you on uh, one of your your quotes from your article. Uh, it was quote, and the peasants know AI alone won't fix a thing. Indeed, AI might not fix anything. We hear a lot, and you, everyone in this call has been around for quite a while. And the the comment "I hate my ATS" comes out of almost every employer's mouth when you start a conversation about their ATS. So, my question to you is, why do why does everyone hate their ATS? Are there any ATSs people do love? And is this hate the seed that is sowing all these startups that are getting billion-dollar valuations? Um, where, where's the disconnect here, or is there a disconnect? You could ask the same question about their CRM. They'll say the same that they hate their CRM. And very often, for me, it's not the system that's the problem. It's the configuration of the system that's the problem. And very often, back in the days when I was a um, consultant, I would go in and look at problems within the recruitment process. And I would say, okay, why is the process like this? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, it's like that when I joined. How long ago did you join? Oh, three years ago. Right. How long have you had the ATS? Seven years. Right. So this process is from seven years ago. Yeah. And you know, there's lots of duplication in there. Yeah. So why didn't you change it? Oh, I didn't know I could. Or it's not my job or whatever. So the problem is people inherit a bag of shit. And that bag of shit just gets to be stinkier over years the more you leave it in that bag is it easier to buy new shit instead of fix the shit that's there is that is that what's going on it's easier to to just write a check and add more shit than it is to fix what's already shitty i think this is the problem what happens is i see people lose faith in their provider the relationship breaks down and what it becomes is a head banging exercise where the vendor says yes we can change it but we're going to charge you the, in, the person that's inherited the system says, well, I didn't want it configuring like that. So I, why should I pay you to fix it? So ultimately, the relationship breaks down and the answer is, let's buy a new one. And of mm. course, they then have the whole new project, new system. The world's going to be wonderful because this is all new. And it's a bit like the Procter & Gamble Heinz ketchup, new ketchup. All they've done is reduced or new recipe. All they've done is taken two grams of salt out of it, but it's all marketing. And that's what happens, Joel. They just buy new because it's the easiest way to try and solve the problem because the relationship's broken down. I see that over and over again. Yeah. You also talk about uh, sort of the CEO direction from up top, right? And AI, I think, is is part of that phenomenon where it's a checkbox, right? Where the CEO says, hey, I, I saw this story on Bloomberg or the Financial Times and we need some AI shit. So go buy some. Um, and, and if if that's the case, is AI going to not be a checkbox item at some point? For example, we we see you know diversity inclusion as a big checkbox for a lot of companies. 
And am I right on that where it's coming from down below and it's it'll pass at some point? Well, AI get to a point where eh, it's not popular anymore. The novelty is gone. It's like SEO in 2011. Was that a bit of product placement there when you said phenomenon? <laughs> phenomenon. No, we are not paid for that uh, phenom reference in the okay. question, if that's what you're um, You're such a cynic, such a Brit. <laughs> Jesus. I think eventually, yes, it will be. It's a bit like um, when HR analytics was all the thing. People were trying to buy separate HR analytics kind of modules and then it eventually became obvious that you just had to merge the analytics into the kind of platform. I think in the same way that let's just take an ATS can search the database, theoretically, some still can't. Um, but for those that can that have plugged something, a third party search tool into the ATS, it's just assumed that I can search my database of candidates and that's it. Nobody says, has it got AI search in there? Well, they probably do, actually. Um, but in answer to your question, I think AI will eventually disappear as a, a standalone marketing phrase, not disappear, but you know what I mean? Um, and it will become part of the system where people will expect the usability to be improved. They'll expect the usability to be more predictive. And a bit like, you know, when you use Gmail, if you use Gmail, it will start giving you suggestions on the rest of your sentence as you're typing. And that's the kind of thing we'll start seeing in the systems, I believe. So SEO is kind of a good analogy here, right? Like when, when people started building optimized job pages and optimized career sites, eventually the ATS has said, oh, we can do that. We can yeah. make our pages open to Google. Or when everything was mobile and you had to get a third party to create a mobile site, eventually the ATS has said, oh, we can build a responsive site. You think yeah. AI will be similar to that? Yeah. Gotcha. So... First and foremost, ATS has really been the scapegoat over the years, right? For this bag of shit that somebody built. Uh, in, in some cases, it could perform the tasks that uh, the organization needed to do. They just didn't know really the system itself. Even the, the administrator of said platform didn't know what was going on. I mean, I've run into that over the years. The big question is, we have so many different pieces of tech today. I mean, we really have a tech stack and the applicant tracking system in itself is a very, very, very minute piece of how all of that actually works because there are so many different layers. So the question I have is, why aren't we actually focusing on the different variations of technologies that need to be put in place to achieve the goal that you need as a solution for uh, an HR department, TA department, whatever? Why aren't we focusing on that and moving the conversation forward as opposed to having a 1990s conversation about an applicant tracking system, which literally is a very small piece, minute piece of the technical stack that we have today? I think that's exactly what is happening. And I think as People like Workday and Oracle and SAP, they are building their marketplaces because they're saying, actually, the core element of the, let's call it the ATS, is just purely about data control. It's about a bit of workflow. It's about some data control. Compliance. Yeah, compliance. And it gives the recruiter access to the system. The line manager, the hiring manager, the candidate, the third-party suppliers, such as agencies, they will never go to what we'll call the ATS, there will be something else plugged in. And it'll be, it becomes more like an iPhone where there's the core system, which is the ATS, which is where you, which will become part of your big platform, your HCM platform. And then the real interest is where 
all of the plugins happen, whether it be video or let's say search and match or whatever it may be. The career site piece might be third party to make it more um, user friendly. The hourly paid hiring piece, social Mm. media marketing, any of those things, they will just sit around the compliance engine. And that compliance engine will be dumped down. And you could argue that the likes of Workday's ATS and SAP's ATS is already dumbed down, which is why they have big marketplaces. But I would argue that's been a a smart strategy. It's like we don't want to build the best highly functional recruitment platform in the world. We just need the core element and we'll plug things in. And then questions, where does that leave the niche standalone ATSs? Because obviously page up people just bought Eaku or are buying Eaku allegedly, looking at what's happening at company's house. Mm-hmm. Where does that's another one gone into a platform? Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating? manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> Seriously, though, seriously, text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs. Automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> you have applicant tracking systems that, let's say, for instance, iSIMS, right? iSIMS is not an applicant tracking system. It's not. It, it, is, a, it is a tech stack with a marketplace attached but they already have texting ability. They have matching ability. They have all these different abilities. So it's not an applicant tracking system anymore. Although standardization from 1990, we call it an applicant tracking system. I think these are different methodologies in, in, in being able to get the same thing done. If SAP wants to build a more robust marketplace so that they don't actually have to develop it themselves, makes a hell of a lot of sense. But then you have the ISIMs of the world who they're taking a different angle where they have a marketplace and they're also developing tech stacks, variations of tech stacks. So the question is today for that talent acquisition professional that's out there who continues to look in the mirror and hate themselves, but they blame the ATS. How do they fucking fix this? For me, they've got to go back to the basics and say, what are we trying to achieve here? And how can we improve what we've got to help us move closer to what we need to achieve? So, for example, if you're hiring people to stack shelves, 
Why do I need to go through a 45-minute application form? Why do I need to scroll and scroll and scroll and answer loads and loads of questions? That shouldn't be the case. But there are some retailers that are getting it right. I mean, for example, my daughter applied for a job with one of the big grocery stores over here. For, she's, she's a student. Mm-hmm. Within two weeks, she started. Two weeks of applying to starting. That's how it should be. Yet I know of other retail organizations where two weeks, you would, probably wouldn't even get your application form looked at. So the first thing for me is to say, what have we got? What do we need to achieve? And is what we've got optimized to its maximum to help us move in that direction? And rather than the talent acquisition person being told, ah, but that's the way we've always done it. Well, that was before. We're now after the pandemic. We're during the pandemic. The world's changed. You can't recruit in 2021, 22 as if it's still 2015. And so that's the first thing I would do. I would be looking at what I've got and saying, how can I improve it? Because I can guarantee you can improve what you've already got without spending a lot of money, without adding AI on top. I'd take it a step further and say, how do I blow this motherfucker up and build from ground zero? Because more than likely you have an old process methodology for a ton of different reasons, right? Whether it was built 10 years ago, yada, 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 whether it's the same process methodology for a sales manager that it is for somebody who's stocking the shelves. Uh, I mean, to me today, we just need to blow it up and start from ground zero. Agree, but you can't always do that. So if you can't blow it up, why not? Because for some reason, some organizations saying you just can't go and blow it up. So Prove what you've got or start with saying, what if I blew it up? But you have to, you can still make changes without blowing it up entirely. Because sometimes internal politics dictate that you've got to play a bit of a game and you've got to do a little bit at a time. And so that's what I, that's a, a bare minimum. Blowing it all up is, is I, you know, well, if you're from the military and you're American, I mean, that's what you do. <laughs> but, Good point. Yeah. But without blowing it up entirely, you can still make improvements. Peter, I want to pivot back to marketplaces for a second. And you mentioned it's sort of being like an iPhone. And I feel like right now things are pretty hunky-dory with the marketplaces. Uh, Consumers get the products they want. Uh, ATSs have a, a broader feature set. And the vendors are happy because they're getting access to more customers. But the iPhone, as we've seen, uh, has a dark side, right? Whether it's we're taking too much profit uh, from from what you're you're selling, to we're just going to copy uh, the popular apps and just make them our own. And we're seeing a little bit of that with with ATSs now, where uh, companies are white labeling certain features, um, or now you know requiring more money from vendors. Where does the market? What does the what do marketplaces and ATSs look like, say five years from now? And would you agree that there is a, a dark component to where this thing might go? Yes, there's definitely a dark component. And not all marketplaces are equal and not all members of those marketplaces are equal either. Um, so what I mean by that is there are what once a third-party vendor is heavily integrated with the core system. It's a bit like you drive a car off the, off the forecourt and it depreciates overnight. Mm-hmm. You implement, you go live with that integration and potentially it's out of sync with both systems almost overnight because it's almost hard-coded. So you've then got other partners in that marketplace that aren't standard integrations and they're not supported by the vendor. They're just a, here's our API, away you go, build a custom integration. So. First of all, marketplaces are not as 
great and equal as you think. And yes, there is a dark side. Um, and those dark, that dark side is very dark the bigger you go. So the bigger you go HCM-wise, the more you pay for the privilege in some scenarios. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not as, you know, there's the outside looking in, oh, we've, they've got a marketplace and they've got all these vendors in there. Fantastic. We'll buy that ATS. And then come, come the day when you say, let's go implement, ah, well, it's going to take a bit longer than planned because you want four of our integration partners that aren't really integrated, but we call them integrated. So there's all that element to think about. Yeah. Five years' time, who knows? Who knows? AI will fix it all in five years' time, of course. <laughs> so I think what you're saying with, with some of the vendors are like, well, we'd rather be our own platform. And, you know, Chad and I talk about, you know, the seek outs of the world or the paradoxes of the world, basically recreating what it means to go through the hiring process and the funnel and managing candidates. Do you see a day where the ATSs take a backseat to some of these new uh, platform wannabes, if you will, or these guys snake oil salesmen and they're going to fade in the ether at some point? I think a bit of both. I think taking, you know, just Workday as an example. They will focus on having their core compliance engine, call it recruitment platform, whatever, with good connections with third-party systems. And over time, they will be able to eradicate the competitor ATSs in their client base because they'll say, well, hang on, you've got, you've invested in Workday, single strategy, strategy, um, and therefore you should take our recruitment system. And we know it's not as good as whatever else you've got, but you plug in these genuine integrations, third party platforms, whatever, all the kind of the paradoxes this world who take over all of the modern candidate experience piece. Therefore, why do you need your specialist ATS? So absolutely, I think I think the danger lies not for the let's call them the app vendors or the ISVs, the likes of Paradox, the likes of higher view. I don't mm-hmm. think the danger lies for them. I think the danger lies in the middle. Those those people in the middle that are standalone ATS vendor that are not big enough to take to to do all of the integrations because it takes time and effort, etc. They've probably been around a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the piece that will disappear. And it'll be interesting. And then actually if you're a small organization, it will get to the point say, well, if I've got two or three specialist products that do most of the hiring process, why do I even need what we used to call an ATS? I don't. And it's the middle that will get squeezed. So what about organizations like uh, Eightfold who have taken a shit ton of cash? And to be quite frank, they can't be seen as anything other than really a competitor for an applicant tracking system right now. So are those the, the types of, uh, I mean, this is new, more, more of the newer technology. Uh, do, do, do those unicorns per se get squeezed? Well, they are, of course, the AI ATS. Um, so, <laughs> or do they squeeze from the other end? Do they squeeze from the front back and, uh-huh. and reverse into a Workday or an Oracle or an SAP or an iSIMS or smart recruiters? Do they, do they actually really sit at the front and they actually compete in some ways with Phenom and Beamery mm-hmm. in that, let's call it the talent marketplace? Is, is that where they sit? And is that actually where the future is and and their unicorn horn keeps getting bigger as they take more of that front-end market share do they absorb the likes of paradox do they absorb the likes of higher view into their ecosystem so you you mentioned unicorns in the uh in the article so i'm gonna quick excerpt so with all the money being thrown at hr tech the unicorns will eventually need to show a return hence 
the tech ain't cheap. And the more shiny new tech we plug into the ATS, the more money TA needs just to make it all work. So we're seeing a frothy market. We're seeing money being thrown at these unicorns. And we're looking at TA throwing money back into the system. Where's it all going right? That's the question, because everything we're talking about right now is really just fucking chaos. Where's this going right? Well, I think that's a good question. I don't think um, it's going right anywhere at the moment. And it's kind of, and, and what is required to fix it? I think the problem is there's so much tech and talent acquisition have budgets from 2010. Yeah, and so yeah. you, can't, you can't expect a, a business department unit, call it what you will, to keep on doing things better with technology, but not give them any money because these unicorns need to get a return. So therefore, their tech's not cheap. And if their tech's not cheap, the only way I can get it is to have a bigger budget. And so how do you pay for that? And for me, the, the business will go, okay, I'll go and survey my internal managers to say, how great is our in-house recruitment department? How great are they at finding us people? And unfortunately, they're going to not get a very good review. So therefore, the business eventually will say, well, Amazon don't have any front people. They don't have any people doing that customer service piece at the front of buying a process. So why do we have people, recruiters, doing the bit that they do? And for me, the tech will replace a lot of the human element because a lot of the front-end piece recruitment is highly transactional. Mm -hmm. And if you take the humans out of that piece, and you let's just say we can get tech configured in the right way to allow candidates to actually get through the process and good and the quality candidates get through the right match of candidates, the diverse range of candidates get through the process, then if you can get technology to do that, the way you pay for it is by getting rid of some of the people. Yeah. Now you can't hire, you can't find good recruiters, whatever they look like these days anyway, because they're all riding unicorns at the moment. So therefore, if they don't exist, you can't hire what doesn't exist. So it's no there's no point saying, oh well if you put technology instead of people, you're taking people out of jobs. That's bollocks. You can't get the people. So you're not taking people out of jobs because they're not filling the jobs anyway. So that to me is where you've got to start seeing the, the move. And then when you get to the human element of the line manager saying, we need to discuss these three interviews and we need to make sure that we need to police the process with human intervention, that's where in-house recruitment offer the most value because that's the piece you probably wouldn't want to automate. And it's just understanding what can be automated realistically to allow you to take people out of the equation that don't exist because there's not enough of them around and actually give the people that you have got in the right steps doing the bit that technology realistically can't do very well. Mm -hmm. All right, Peter, I'm going to throw some British uh, cynicism at you. I'm going to turn the tables a little bit here. So you are Mr. ATS. So it seems like it's in your best interest to poo-poo uh, all the great technology, to poo-poo automation. Um, to poo-poo taking people out of the equation who are your customers. Like, isn't it a little fair to say that you're anti all this stuff because you are Mr. ATS and at some point you don't want to become Mr. AI or Mr. Conversational AI or Mr. Fill-in-the-blank? No, not at all. It's always it's evolution. And so what I'll do, I'll evolve into Mr. Conversational AI once I've killed all the ATSs. So it's just part of a grand master plan. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Peter's going to kill all the ATSs, Mr. ATS. Thanks for coming on the show, Peter. And that is Peter Gold, Mr. ATS.co.uk. Peter, if, if people are listening today and they haven't connected with you, where's the best way for them to connect with you and also to uh, 
read up on uh, your stuff? Well, if they want to read about recruitment stuff, they can go to www.mrats.co.uk. If they want to talk about more interesting stuff, just go to gravelbiking.co.uk because I spend more time on my bike than I do <laughs> talking about technology. <laughs> and that'll be our next show, everybody. Until then, Peter, thanks for joining us. Chad, we out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The Chad. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.